snowy wilderness, cold winter sun, soaring trees, a small lone figure. For a time she stood fearless, my protector, my mother. Elizabeth Cafro, Tanka Poetry. Welcome to Tea, Toast and Trivia. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I'm looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted and thrilled that my dear friend, writer and poet, Elizabeth Cafro, has come back to share her insights into an ancient style of poetry. We are once again bridging the 3,897 kilometers between New Hampshire and Vancouver. Several months ago, Liz introduced me to Tanka. In a few words, emotions, memories, and intentions come together. This is going to be an exciting conversation. So put the kettle on and add on teatoasttrivia.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. So have I. Where shall we begin? Tanka, I, I just never considered that there was a poetry form called Tanka. What is it? To tell you the truth, I'd always been a bit dismissive of syllabic poetry, you know, haiku and such. It felt too restrictive. I wanted, you know, free verse, wanted to be free. But I was introduced to it on a blog Colleen Tisbro, and she has introduced poets and really encouraged them to try all different kinds of syllabic poetry. And Tanka is in the Japanese tradition, and it originated apparently about 1300 years ago. And it originally was intended to be chanted to music. And when I read about that, what it really means to me is that it was a way of trying to break away from, I guess, the bounds of prose, because there are some things that are very well expressed with prose, but then other things that are better expressed with poetry. And what poetry, particularly those very formal poetry, it takes us away from prose and syntax to really get at the essence of what the experience actually is by the individual meaning of those words. When I read your poem about wilderness, it really meant something to me because it reminded me of my mother. Is that what poetry is about? Is about a connection between the poet and the reader that allows us to engage in a conversation, although we might never meet? Absolutely. I have had the experience so many times, and each time I have it, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised by it, although I shouldn't be, that I read a poem and I say, how did you know? How did you know what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I experienced 15 years ago? How could you possibly have known? And how were you able to express my experience better than I ever could myself? It's exactly what I felt. You had this wonderful photo of someone in the wilderness, and it was like, there's the guardian, there's my protector, and it came really through. So the whole idea of Tanka being so 
so concise. It almost allows you to break through anything, all the extra around it, and go right to the heart of the matter. Absolutely. And for me, since my natural mode of expression is short stories, it's fiction, and I'm very much tied to narrative, uh, very much tied to story and, of course, syntax. Interesting. What working with Tanka has done for me is to break those fetters, which I'm very grateful for, because usually when I sit down and start to write in free verse, it's a narrative because that's my natural mode of expression. So having Tanka to break that for me, I've been very grateful for that. That's the whole idea. When do we know that we're settled? Something just clicks in your head. (laughs) That's it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It helps to have someone be the catalyst. And poetry and short stories and narratives all work together. But poetry says things differently than a narrative, doesn't it? It does. And one thing that I was thinking about as I was getting ready for a conversation is that I think for every experience that we have, there is a natural and right way to express it, a form to express it. And you just have to find the right one. And it can take some trial and error. I mean, some experiences you have really need to be poems. Others need to be short stories. Others need to be novels. And it's really fun to be able to navigate that. Sometimes you write about the same experience in a different form. And then, of course, that changes your perception of that, of that experience. So could you tell me exactly what is the structure of Tanka? I read up a little bit more this morning, since when I found out what it was initially, I just dove right in. The form that I have been using is what is called the traditional form. Five lines and with a syllable count of five, seven, five, seven, seven. So for for a total of 31 syllables. So when we actually look at syllables and start to count syllables, we start to look at the words more closely. Absolutely really so much fun because you'll think you have the right word, the syllable count is wrong. So then you look at another word and eventually the right word will come because of the right syllables. What I find interesting is that it is a Japanese form of poetry. What we're learning is more than just poetry that dates back 1300 years, I understand from what you said. How does that help us understand cultural differences? It asks us to think about language because culture and how we interact with the world is very much shaped by our language. And the fact that Japanese uses a different character, different symbols for their language really brings it across that they have a different way of viewing the world. And I think the fact that we are trying to take that difference and say, well, what can we learn from it? Can we express our world through our interpretation of this particular form of poetry? I think just asking ourselves the questions gives us a deeper understanding. Let me really think about that. 
we're not making assumptions about another culture or taking the other culture for granted. We're really, really thinking about it and, and trying consciously to connect to it through language. What I appreciated about you, Liz, is that when I said I enjoyed Latanka poetry, you came back to me with a challenge. Have you written it? That was even scarier. We appreciate poetry in seconds, whereas a poet appreciates poetry in hours, because it takes hours to construct poetry, to think about it, to consider. And when we come along, we read it quickly, we absorb it, but we don't have the same hours that have gone into it. So when you ask me to write it, I, I got goosebumps. I have to tell you, it was scary to me. So how do you write it? Particular poems that I've been writing, the particular tank that I've been writing, are inspired by family photographs. I've been working on a whole suite of these basically as, as part of the grief process because my mother died last November, quite unexpectedly, and I'd lost my, my younger brother three years ago, and then I lost my dad before that. And, you know, as you do when you're grieving your loved ones, you tend to go back to the photo albums. And as I was doing that, I was getting the poems. And I've just found it really very helpful. Using that kind of a structured form has helped with the grief because it's very, very concentrated. You have to know those syllables. There's 31 and it has to fit there. And it has to fit, yeah. And it has to be to the subject at hand. Right. The other thing, going back to what I'd said earlier, is that I've tried writing free verse about that kind of grief. I've written a couple of things, but it really wasn't the right form to be able to get at what I was trying to get at, and Tanka is. You said it started as a song a long time ago. It must have been an oral tradition. Yeah, I think that's where all of our poetry really started, was with the oral tradition. That's how they passed down stories um, before written language and before people had access to written language once it started. So our lives are songs. Oh, definitely. Poetry is probably the response to our longing to be in the song and to continue the song. I find this very encouraging, especially during a time where we're going to look back thinking we lived through a very difficult and uncertain time. And poetry has helped us. It has. And in fact, I was just reading on a blog this morning of an anthology of pandemic writing. Uh, mostly poetry, but also flash fiction. And the thought was that in previous natural disasters, there have been literature that has arisen out of that natural disaster, but not in the way that it has now, with actually being written and published while we're still in the midst of it. And I don't think that has ever happened before. What I'm really curious about is that's going to give one perspective but then I think there will be another literature of the pandemic that evolves later once we're through it and then people are reflecting back on it. How those two sets of literature are going to talk to each other. There's a film, isn't there, of time. Whereas when you're there, you're experiencing it now. So how do you look back? 
reminds me of when I studied the romantic poets in college, and I was very, very fond of them, very fond of them. They just transported me. <laughs> Poetry really is about spots of time reflected in tranquility. And to get at the meaning of an experience, there has to be time to lapse. How would you encourage others to pursue a poet's path? Rather than encourage others to pursue a poet's path, I think where I would start would be asking them about what they have to communicate to other people that's really important to them and that they want other people to hear. And then talk about, well, what is the best form of creative expression for you to be able to do that? And I think that is super important is that people find the right form for their voice, no matter what it is. And it might even be visual art, or it might be music, but there's a right form of creative expression for everybody, I think. And it's a matter of really being open to what the best form is to express it. We all write, whether it's an email, whether it's a letter, whether it's a grocery list. We have been given the gift of writing and reading and sharing experiences beyond the oral tradition. If we write something, it outlasts who we are and takes a life of its own. Tanka is one of those forms. Yes, it is. Yeah. You are actually creating a new form of Tanka just by adding to it. It's a good thought. Literature does draw on what's come before it. It's really a way of adding to the conversation. And conversations have always been part of who we are. And poetry is a conversation between two people and it inspires us both because I am inspired by your tanka. You wouldn't happen to have any of them around there, would you? I have one I brought just in case, and I will set it up for you. Um, this also was inspired by a family photograph that was taken at my aunt and uncle's camp in Newbury, Vermont, which is on a very high hill overlooking the presidential range. And so in the morning, we would all go on the split log bench in front of the cabin to eat our breakfast and wait for the presidential range to appear. It would be hazy in the early morning and you couldn't see it. So that's where this particular poem came from. We did not expect Indian summer so soon. Early morning sun, haze lifts, mountain range appears, but only for a moment. Thank you. That was extraordinary. I was there. I was there with you, and I saw it for a moment. That really was a magical moment, being with family and just waiting for the presidential range to just appear from the haze. We experience life individually and with a community. We need both, and poetry allows us to have both. With this poem, Tanka has given us 31 syllables that mean so much to you and now mean so much to me. Any last words before we leave? And you will come back, won't you, please? Of course I will. I think I'll end with the final words that I ended with the last time, which is really to thank all of the people in the blogging community for inspiring me, thanking all of the writers who've come before me that have meant so much to me and given so much to my own work. Thank you, Liz. This has been really a meaningful moment for me, and I know for listeners out there, you will be excited to meet up with Liz. She's only an internet click away from stories, poems, adventures, and I will also be linking Colleen Cheeseborough to the post 
because I have now started to follow her and she is extraordinary and I believe that this is something that people would be very interested in. Oh good, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. Until next time, dear listeners and dear friends, keep safe and be well. Be well.